Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message. See you at church. This morning, my wife Caroline and I will be bringing you a joint message. Um, But before we start, I'd just like to pray, so please join me. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your beautiful church family and that we can come together in unity to worship you. I pray that as I bring your word, you will minister through it. I pray that you will guide me in every word you want me to speak, that they be your words, not mine, that you will draw your people closer to you, and that you will receive all the honour and the glory. I pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Reading from Matthew 20, verse 28, where it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus didn't just teach with words. His life is a conscious example of how God lived as a human and how we should be living as humans. Our challenge as believers in Christ is not just to know the words and deeds of Christ's life. We need to understand those words and deeds of something from God. Words and deeds that have the power to impact each and every one of us and all the people around us. You see, Jesus stressed the importance of loving and serving others. And as Christians, we need to follow the example Jesus set in how to love and how to serve others. Most of us would know the story in the book of Matthew of, <coughs> excuse me, of Jesus taking on the role of a servant and washing the feet of these disciples. You see, serving others and esteeming them higher than ourselves is of the utmost importance to God. So Jesus told his disciples that he had given them an example to follow in serving others and he asked them to do for them as he had done for, the, to do for others as he had done for them. You see, when I first began my walk with Jesus, um, I was very determined to serve him in any way I could. And I I still am today, that's why I'm standing up here this morning. But I also looked at my own failings and I thought, how could God use me? And some of you might be asking the same questions, um, some of those questions are the same sometimes. And um, I'll just ask you to, to look at God's word, where we should get our answers from, God's word. Moses, who we read about in the book of Exodus, was used by God to deliver the Israelite people from slavery. You see, God performed mighty acts through Moses. You see, we all know of the Ten Commandments, the parting of the Red Sea. Yet we read, when God first asked Moses to go and seek for him, this was Moses' response in Exodus 3, verse 11. But Moses protested, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Now remember, this was God Almighty talking to Moses through a burning bush. You would think that that alone would be enough to convince Moses. But after some conversations back and forth between Moses and God, Moses continued to say, O Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied my words get tangled together. You see, Moses doubted his own abilities. 
Moses could see his human failings, but he wasn't taking into account that God can do anything through anyone he chooses. He only needs a submitted heart. Now, I can honestly say, like Moses, I have personally pleaded with the Lord on this one. For those that don't know me, I'm normally very shy. Um, my words, as you can hear this morning, sometimes get tangled and I get tongue-tied, which means my words all smash into each other. Um, the fact that I'm standing here before you this morning is only possible through the grace of God. As we continue reading Exodus 4, verses 11 and 12, then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. You see, it's, it's not dependent on Moses. It's not dependent on me. It's not dependent on you. It's dependent on what, it's not dependent on what I have or haven't done. See, it's dependent on the Lord who is with me. And it's the same for all of us. You see, Moses was not a perfect character, but eventually he understood that God would work through him and give him everything he needed if he just submitted to God. And that's all God needs, a submitted heart, a submitted spirit. He doesn't need someone who is multi-talented and has it all together. God is big enough and powerful enough to do anything that he wants through any person he chooses. He only needs to get from us. As we read through the Bible, there is story after story of far from perfect people that God uses mightily. See, Christianity is not reserved for the worthy or the so-called good members of society. The simple truth is God uses the most imperfect people to change the course of history. He just needs a submitted heart. You may be asking yourself, why, why does God choose imperfect people? And to put it simply, it's because that's all he has to choose from. We are all imperfect. It tells us that in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. But, but we don't have to stay that way. God makes us right in his sight when we believe in Jesus. We need to look to Jesus as our model of how to live a life pleasing to our Father God. The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 2, verses 13 to 15, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticise you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. These are God's words. A world full of crooked and perverse people. Personally, I think about what Jesus asked of me and each day I try to translate that into how I conduct myself in my home, in my community and in my workplace. So I work in a prison and a prison is a very dark environment in many ways. I'm called to be the light in that place. I'm called to be the hands and feet of Jesus at every opportunity that I can. A few of the simple ways that I demonstrate the love of Jesus are by entering the workplace with a smile and a friendly greeting, deliberately looking for the positive in any situation. As, as sometimes it takes a bit deeper looking to find it, but it's in there. 
showing kindness and compassion to my colleagues and to the prisoners. I complete my tasks with no whinging or complaining, even taking on extra tasks at times to help alleviate some of the workload when I can. Something as simple as making a coffee for a colleague, having a chat with someone who's having a hard time, both my fellow officers and the guys serving time in there because Jesus loves them too. You see, I ask God each morning, how can I show the love of Jesus to the people in my world today? He will always show us ways, always. It says in his word, he will always show us ways. But it's about being deliberate and reminding ourselves of what Jesus has asked us to do. Author Max Licato says that none of us can help everyone, but all of us can help someone. And when we do that, and when we help them, we serve Jesus. I mean, God's word demonstrates to us how to live a life that is pleasing to him. And as we spend time with Jesus, he will put in our hearts a deep desire to help and serve others without expectations, simply serving others because that's what Jesus did. So you might be sitting there asking yourself, how, how can I do this? How can I help and serve others? The first thing we need to be doing is immersing ourselves in our Bible, meditating on the word of God daily. The more we tune into God through his word and through time in prayer, the more we begin to hear his voice. Hear his voice. <clears throat> we need to pray. We need to worship. We need to get into his word. We need to get to know God in a deeper way. Because in knowing him, we'll go deeper in understanding him. As with a good marriage or a good relationship, there's talk. There has to be talk. The experts say it has to be talk. But it has to be two-way talk. See, there has to be time spent together. There's time to get to know each other's hearts. There's times to be selfless because of your great love for your partner. It's the same for us in our relationship with God. See, God loves us so completely. He longs for us to come and sit at his feet. He longs for us to get to know him more through his word. He longs for us to spend time talking with him, to have him constantly in our thoughts. As we submit our lives to him, he meets our every need, and as we make ourselves available, he will use us to love and to serve others in beautiful ways that build his kingdom here on earth. We can pray for others in the workplace or in our communities. We can pray for people individually or as part of a prayer team here next Saturday morning. It's important to God that we love the people in our church and that we pray for them. So you might feel comfortable loving others in practical ways. There are so many opportunities to help people from some simple things as carrying a bag for an old person to making a meal for someone going through, through difficulty, to a kind word at the checkout in the supermarket, or simply clearing up after church. See, it's amazing how many loving, kind things we can do in a day if we are deliberate about finding them. See, God, in his word, says he has given every single one of us giftings to use in his service. By being deliberate about using them to love and serve others will make a massive difference in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities. Let's shine our lights and be Jesus' hands and feet in this hurting and broken world. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Mission is at the heart of God. 
Jesus spoke about his mission in Luke 4, verses 18 to 20. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently, and then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Jesus spoke about the things that matter to God, sharing the good news, proclaiming freedom for the captives and setting the oppressed free. As God's children, we need to care about the things he cares about and what matters to him needs to matter to us. Part of worshipping our triune God is to continue to work together in loving each other and in loving all those around us. We don't just sit by idly waiting for Jesus' return. We work together with him by the power of the Holy Spirit to be obedient and faithful disciples of all that God has given us, creatures and creation. God created the heavens and the earth for us to live in and for us to take care of. He made all of creation to point to him, glorifying him as the creator of all that is. I love looking around and just seeing um, the gentleness of a butterfly or the might of a mountain. Um, you look you look around in creation and you see the beauty of a bird and you think it reflects the beauty of God. The butterfly reflects the gentleness of God. The, the might of a mountain or a rushing river reflects his might and his power. You know, the, the glory uh, that you see in creation. There's something in, in all aspects of creation that reflect our God and it points to him. Creation, in a way, is God's first missionary pointing people to him. Jesus gives us, his church, an exciting invitation to work together in unity with him and to be the answer for a hurting, broken world. There's the unity again, as Nate was talking about. When we invite Jesus into our lives, we have the honour and privilege of working together with him by the power of his Holy Spirit in his redemptive work here on earth which he will bring to completion when he returns. The work has begun. Jesus began it when he rose from the dead and he asks us to participate with him in outworking this until he brings it to completion when he returns. He gave this instruction before returning to heaven. It's in the book of Matthew. Jesus came and told his disciples... I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's of vital importance to God that we make disciples and teach them how to live in relationship with God and to obey his commands. Part of teaching others to obey the commands God has given us 
is to teach them to love and care for people, to stand up for the oppressed, to speak up for those who have no voice, to lovingly care for his creation. We show love for our neighbours when we act in ways that promote their good. And it's also about loving, lovingly caring for each other here in the body of Christ and for ourselves as we remember that we're so precious in God's sight. James 1.27 says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And in Psalm 68, 5 and 6, This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. When we look at the myriad of problems in our world, it can be so depressing, so much so that it would be easy to say it's too hard. The problem is so great, where do we start? That is true, but we can make a difference in our, our part of the world and that's what God is asking of all of us, that wherever we are, we do our part. I have two wonderful examples to share. One is a conversation I had recently with a man who has his own set of struggles and life is not always easy for him. I asked him how his walk with Jesus was going. He told me it was going well, that he starts each day in the word of God and in prayer and that he made a promise to God that he would share God's love with someone every day, every single day with at least one person. That's a promise he made to God. I thought, wow, that is amazing. And I asked him, how do you do that? And he just said that he, he goes on his daily walks each day. And um, with somebody, it might be something as simple as saying, God bless you, whoever he meets along the way, or Jesus loves you. And, or Jesus loves you so much was something he said. He's faithful to, to God in doing this every single day as he has promised and it really touched my heart what he said. He's, he's doing what he can. And it reminded me of the story of, the, uh, of Jesus sitting in the temple watching people bring their offerings and watching all the rich people bring everything, that you know, all the money that they had. And then um, the, the poor woman giving the last of her copper coins and um, that Jesus said that what she had given was so much more because she... She just gave everything of what she had. And um, giving in that way, doing what you can with what you've got, it's just such a blessing to people. Um, and I would love to know. And one day that man will know how many lives he's changed by just being obedient to God in that way and, and, and asking God to bless these people. That's a prayer that God will answer. It's a prayer close to his heart. The other example I've got uh, is Mother Teresa who we all know did so much during her life. She set up soup kitchens, a leper colony, orphanages and a home for the dying destitute. She treated the lepers, educated the poorest of the poor and fed the homeless. She treated them like her family. I want to share some of the encouraging statements she made if we're wondering how we can help. She said, Let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, and kindness in your smile. And another one. Do not think that love, in order to be genuine, has to be extraordinary. What we need is to love without getting tired. Be faithful in small things, because it is in them that your strength lies. And another. Live simply, 
so others may simply live. And another, we know only too well that what we are doing is nothing more than a drop in the ocean. But if the drop were not there, the ocean would be missing something. And that's Mother Teresa. Both people I mentioned are living lives that are pleasing to God. I'm sure we can all think of examples, big and small, where people are fighting for the rights of the vulnerable or caring for creation. The point is we can all do something. It's important that we have a daily awareness that mission is at the heart of God. We need to be good stewards of what God has given us and what he's given us to do, but always to reach people with the hope of Jesus. Outside of this, we're just preaching a social gospel. Jesus also said in Mark 14 verse 7, the poor you will always have with you, and you can help them any time you want, but you will not always have me. We need to help in ways we can to be part of the solution, but ultimately everything we do needs to point to Jesus as he is the complete solution for everyone. We can use the gifts God has given us, gifts of our hands or our heart, to glorify, honour and praise him. Gifts of love, compassion, kindness, understanding, mercy and many others always keeping the mission of Jesus in mind. As we try to become more like Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, living lives that please him, and turning away from the desires of our sinful natures, the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives. The fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In Galatians 5. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, Your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus wants us to pray for God's will to be done. He wants us to desire his will and to actively go about working with him to bring about his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. The whole Bible is a message of God's redeeming love. His will is that all men will be saved, that none should perish. We can't earn salvation. We are saved by God's grace when we have faith in his son, Jesus Christ. All you have to do is believe you're a sinner, that Christ died for your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then turn from your sins. That's called repentance. Jesus Christ knows you and loves you. What matters to him is the attitude of your heart, your honesty. God's will is for loving families, thriving communities, and an end to hunger, poverty, and disease. Jesus showed us by the way he lived his life how to bring God's kingdom here on earth. It's our privilege to look at his example and accept his invitation of partnering together with him to continue the redemptive work that he began until he brings it all to completion when he comes again. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for inviting us to participate with you in working together in your wonderful plan of redeeming all of creation to yourself in bringing your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you that as we submit to you, as we read your word, lean into you and spend time with you in prayer, that you will show us new ways we can honour and worship you by caring for your people both in and outside of our church. We thank you for Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, for his life lived as a perfect example to us and for Jesus giving up his life as a sacrifice for us so that we may live. We thank you for your Holy Spirit in us and with us, constantly helping, leading and guiding us 
as we navigate our way through life and for his help in doing your will. We love you, Father, and we ask that you show us new ways we can honour and worship you by caring for your people. We ask this in the most precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 